Hi, I'm Ryan Martin, Assistant Pastor of Remissions and Administration. The confusion and recalibrating of the rhythms of our life is not some, something only we in the West have had to face, but this pandemic has been felt by millions around the world. As many churches like ours have had to think creatively about how to stay connected, both in our weekly gatherings as well as through small groups and faithful teaching, it's caused me to consider how we've had to begin thinking and acting like missionaries, which then leads me to carefully consider even more broadly how this has impacted and affected not only our local church family, but also those that we've sent out around the world. The local church, both in its members and its leaders, should be sending and supporting well for the promotion and advancement of the gospel. An example of a church like this is found in the letter of 3 John, particularly in verses 5 through 8, as John commends his friend Gaius for sending and supporting well. I believe as we give a look to Gaius' example, this will spur us on in how we can best support well, even in the midst of a pandemic. Let's look now at that, those verses. John writes, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. Understanding the background of 3 John will help give support for why John uses this third epistle to encourage missionary support. A quick survey of the Gospel of John and John's letters shows that there's a close relationship between all of John's writings. We see too in the backdrop of John's writings that there were certain members within the larger community of John's readers who adopted such beliefs, denying the person and work of Jesus Christ. This group called cessationists would eventually split off and begin promoting and preaching heresy, and thus causing confusion in the church. So John writes a series of three letters back to churches. First John, written to bolster believers in their faith of who Jesus is and what he has accomplished on the cross. Second John then warns, warns of false itinerant preachers. John then uses his third letter to encourage his friend Gaius and the church that Gaius was a part of, of the need to send and support laborers to the harvest field, promoting a true and faithful gospel message. He sets apart his friend who is found faithful in the work of supporting well, and lays forth how the church is mobilized and how the local church is therefore the engine on which the gospel runs. Gaius, who's the primary audience of this third letter, is a faithful missionary sender and supporter. And we see this in the preceding verses, in verses 1 as well as in verse 5, where John uses the word beloved to refer to Gaius. And he commends him, therefore, for his work. Gaius is indeed walking in the truth as one of John's children, because of the faithful manner in showing hospitality to strangers, according to Gaius, but those who were considered as itinerant missionaries, proclaiming the gospel throughout the region. Gaius's actions, again, point to the fact that the local church's members, because they are bound together in love and truth, are to be marked by hospitality to those who they support. When strangers or traveling missionaries were received by individuals or churches, it was then common for those missionaries to go back and report to their own communities of the hospitality that they received. 
John received a similar report of Gaius's actions. As he writes in verse 6, that they testified, these itinerant missionaries did, to your love before the church. Gaius then is then commended by John not only to receive them, but then also to send them out in a faithful manner. And the purpose for which these brothers and sisters were sent out, as John explains in verse 7, was to be sent out for the sake of the name. We see that this phrase, for the sake of the name, is seen five times throughout the New Testament. Four of those in the book of Acts. And the fifth time then in Romans chapter 15, verse 18, where Paul highlights the grace that he received in bringing the Gentiles to faith for the sake of the name. So in studying this passage as well as these other five references, we can see that that phrase there, for the sake of the name, is really tied back to the name of Jesus Christ found in the exclusive message of the gospel. The overriding theological implication in these four verses, in 3 John verses 5 to 8, is that a church sends her missionaries to go out for the sake of the name. And it's because individuals have been saved and then gathered into the local body that the church is then corporately called to send out those whom they support to be on mission, proclaiming that same gospel message. This text strongly supports not only individuals supporting missionaries, but also then sending and supporting corporately. Steve Jennings, a pastor in the United Arab Emirates, notes, The scripture gives us a pattern of discipling and sending out. This should be normal life for a church, so that when younger Christians witness the older Christians walk this path, they better understand what path they have to walk. While some members are called to go, we know that others are called to stay and send. Danny Aiken, president of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, writes about these verses when saying, We may not physically go where they go, but we still support them. We go with them anyway. We work together as one for the truth. Some give to support while others are sent, but both are essential. So sending and supporting should, be, should not be done in isolation only, but also done corporately. However, we're now faced in asking ourselves the question, how do we send and support corporately even while we find ourselves in isolation? And how do our partners then also carry out the work of ministry while they find themselves in quarantined situations? Well, let me offer a few words of application and implication. One is to pray. You know, our missionaries may find themselves in a different context than we do, but they nevertheless still feel many of the same emotions and feelings that we do here in the West. Feelings of fear, fear of their own health or well-being of their children. Many of them also feel disappointed. You know, many of our partners had planned stateside assignments or vacations that have had to be postponed where they're not able to visit family and friends and receive that rest and rejuvenation that they do as they come back to the States. Others of our partners were set to receive short-term mission teams. Those trips had to be canceled or postponed to a later date. Guilt is another feeling. Partners that are under lockdown, only able to go outside of their homes on certain days of the week, feel guilty because they feel like they should be doing more, wishing that they could, but they can't. And even uncertainty. 
what's ministry going to look like on the other side of this pandemic? Will people that they were ministering to on a weekly basis be friendly to, to meeting together in public out of fear of, of such a virus? We need to pray for our partners that they too, while feeling afflicted in every way, would not be crushed. Though perplexed, would not be driven to despair. Though struck down, would not be destroyed. May the resurrected life of Christ be manifested and evidenced in their own bodies and through their own witness. Pray that they might not uh, be those who have their hope fixed on the temporal, but rather the eternal. May they not be anxious of the unknown, but be found faithful to declare the imperishable and unfading glory of this gospel message that they carry as ambassadors for Christ. So pray. Secondly, reach out. You know, in your member directory, you have email addresses of all of our supported partners, both those that we support locally as well as globally. Stop and write them a quick note or email of encouragement and let them know that you're praying for them during this time. Maybe even set up a Zoom or Skype call to where you're able to interact with them face to face. You know, just as we feel the impact of not being able to gather corporately, they feel that as well. Being able to communicate virtually even goes a long way in speaking a word of biblical encouragement. Families, let me offer a creative way. Use this time to set up a Zoom or Skype call with our supported workers and go on a virtual mission trip with our partners. Ask our partners to give you a sense of what ministry is like there. How are they having to adjust to ministry opportunities in light of this pandemic? Who are people that they are still ministering to and what are particular ways that you as a family could be praying for those ministry needs and for those whom they're sharing with that need to know and respond to this gospel message. Third, give. Continue to faithfully give to the work of the gospel message going forth both locally and globally. While we have had to cancel our services in person, the Great Commission has not been canceled. Give so that those whom we send out and support can continue on in their work. And then fourth and finally, go. You know, while we can't go now, are you using this time to intentionally have increased time of fellowship and devotion before the Lord in His Word and in prayer? And are you asking the Lord how you might be able to leverage your life and your job, albeit remotely, in another context, even beyond COVID-19? Has this time also maybe given you opportunities to be on mission locally as you've had increased time out and about in your neighborhood, having opportunities to share the gospel with your neighbors and serving them in the name of Christ? Are you doing that now as well as considering how you might be able to do that long-term in the future? Brothers and sisters, let's not shrink back from our support even in a time like this, but rather be commended as Gaius was for serving well those that we have sent out globally. As well, let's use this unique time to see opportunities as those who have been sent out for the sake of the name, even here locally. Together, corporately then, we are seen and commended as partners of the truth of God's word going forth. Let's pray and work to that end. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that you use the local church to see your gospel go forth. And Father, we want to pray for our supported workers, God, that they would be built up in the truth of your word, God, that we as a local church would be faithful to pray for them, 
that we would be faithful to give so that they would continue to advance the gospel and the work of the ministry around the world. And God, pray that we would too consider in what ways are you calling us, even in the midst of quarantine situations, to be intentional and to be on mission, even here in our own neighborhoods, as well as pray that the gospel may go forth among the nations. God, I pray that we would leverage our lives, both here and now, as well as in the future, to be used as those ambassadors of Christ to carry your gospel truth, both among our nation and to the nations. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.